0: i want to be the best in my swing. that's why i play the game but to be the best
1: you have to win and that's what drives me with solid dream i used to read word up magazine salt and pepper and heavy d and up in the limousine
0: oh hanging pictures on
1: my wall every saturday rap attack mr magic Molly. Mom. Molly. oh jay, okay, we, jay. Back. Brother, we back we back had a hit with a with a random juicy intro to this episode, this episode of Hidden Takes, man, I don't even know what number on. It doesn't even matter. I feel it doesn't like matter. At Eleven this or point. twelve. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, the season's rolling, Jay. We back at it with another one. Um, we had our trade talk, um, episode, our NBA trade deadline episode, the recent release, and we tied our re- quick recap of the Lakers Warrior games. Back with another hit of episode of Hidden Takes. So we just but, been uh, on a roll,
0: huh, Jay? We just been, been on rolling. a roll, Jay. Huh, Jay? Just Just, just before content.
1: We, <laughs> before we start this up, as usual, viewer discretion is advised. Can't handle the heat, man.
0: Just stay yeah, out. It's the
1: kitchen,
0: kitchen, man. man. Yes, yeah, sir, Jay.
1: Brother how you doing, man?
0: I'm doing good, Jay. I'm doing good. Happy to see you. Uh, blessed to be alive another day. Um, yes, can't complain, man. Ready to talk some yes, hoop. Yes, sir.
1: All right, yeah. Let's let's. With that being said, let's just get right into it on this Tuesday, February fifteenth, twenty twenty two. Man, let's get it right into it as usual with our news, man. And the biggest news of them all, man. And, and this is this is wild. Ben Simmons today, as we're speaking earlier this this morning, was introduced in Brooklyn and is quote ramping up for return, man. So he says his, his right now. He says. Ben Simmons, you know, he's ready for his new start and everything. He said, "I'm looking forward to getting back on the floor, building something great here." Um, and Simmons said, he said there's no so Simmons, I'm going to read this straight off. Simmons said there's no date for his return to action, but he said he is, quote, "definitely starting to ramp it up in terms of closing in on a return." And Simmons also said his old team, the Philadelphia 76ers will host a game um against the Nets on March 10th, 7 30 Eastern Time on TNT. And he told reporters Tuesday he is hoping he can play in that game. Jay. Oh, Jay J Jay, 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 Jay. What's up? How are you
0: feeling about this news? Oh snap. I mean ben right. 10. They're calling him. Ben 10. <laughs> ben 10 they're calling they're him. Calling they're, him. Calling they're calling him yeah. Ben 10. Jay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so honestly, I, I feel so let me start from the beginning. Honestly. Uh, one thing that I I know I saw on Twitter that I was like, man, it's actually so true. Like he used mental health as a way to get out of Philadelphia. And now he's like, he's good now. He's not tripping. He's not, he hasn't said nothing about mental health. So I just, I I just, I, I just think that's funny, but I mean, Honestly, I would love to see a Ben Simmons uh c- c- comeback, man. I think that honestly that that, that makes that Nets team that, that Nets team extremely scary because now they have almost all areas of of the court and uh, of the uh necessary um, um the necessary like filled out and like they got the defense perimeter defense. I guess uh that they, they got at the rim protection Andre Drummond isn't isn't the greatest uh rim protector, but he's not he, he's also not the worst. I mean, we know what KD can do, do it on both ends. we got Kyrie for the games that, uh, that he, that, uh, that he's there for. And then, so, and then like, you know, you put put a player like Ben Simmons on there to point guard, it's a perimeter defender uh, and he can even guard a couple of bigs. So, I mean, as far as just adding Ben Simmons to the mix, I think that's great. I think Nets fans all over the world are going to love it. Ba- basketball lovers are going to love it. But I mean, honestly, I just think it's crazy, dog. Like, he just he just played the whole world, dog. He just played the whole world. But if if he does play in that Philadelphia 76ers game, I am going to be peeled in, tuned in, eyes and ears peeled open, man, because that's going to be crazy. Cause I, and I hope it's in Philly, honestly. I, I don't know. Do, do you know where it is, Jay? If it's in um, Philly or Brooklyn?
1: It says – Oh, it's in Philly. It's in oh, Philly, man. The I'm gonna Philly love Ws, that. The, the,
0: Benson, yep. the, the fans March are gonna 10. eat him alive if he plays. Oh man, oh, man. that'd
1: be a that yeah, be crazy. It, and Jay, talk, talking about what you had said about the the players, or about his mental health and and, and all that and stuff. Um, so Simmons said in this prep conference, he said it wasn't a personal thing. Personal thing towards any player or coach. It was just me getting to where I needed to be. I'm looking forward to what's what's to come. And then he also went on to say um, it got to a place where it wasn't good for me mentally. So I think it was just maybe just a buildup of all of those things about the players and the coaches, whether he said it or not. And and the situation kind of got to him in his head mentally to where the point where he wasn't ready to play. So, I mean, I kind of agree that maybe it wasn't the mental health when we think of, you know, harming himself and all that, but it was just kind of basketball was just tough for him in that sense. And I mean, I understand it in a way, but I think, you know, it's just a crazy situation. The level of entitlement players have um, in today's game and kind of everything wrong with the game. And I hope it wasn't really just basketball related. And it was actually something to do with his mental health in terms of, you know, he, he wasn't all right um, and not basketball really, Cause if he did, man, I don't know. I can't, I can't really rock <laughs> with that. You know? man, but I'm mental right health there. is true. Like I'm, I'm totally, nah, I'm right there with you. Not, not against that, but I'm saying if it's due to basketball, then that's wrong, man. Yeah. Um, he should have been out there playing or, or not.
0: Yeah. I'm right there with you, Jay. Yeah. If it's mental health, that's real. De- definitely, mm-hmm. you know, take yeah. care of that. But, and I mean, and I, I just think it's fishy how huh? it was a mental health issue back when he was in the Sixers. Now he's in, He's in the Brooklyn Nets. He's sitting at the end of the bench, joking with Andre Mm. Drummond and all that. But I mean, I, I just, I just hope he's good. I just want to see him out there, man. Let's get Ben Simmons out there. 2022.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And let's push forward. I'm going to talk a little bit about Harden because I mean, obviously there's both sides, two sides to every story. So we got to talk about them, but let's talk about one thing, um, some good news some positive news, not the same Ben Simmons to to Brooklyn. Wasn't, but um, that's Cavaliers. Um, Jared Allen, named as the injury replacement for the 2022 All-Star Game. Obviously, we found out James Harden yesterday announced that he would not be able to play in the game due to his hamstring would be sitting out to it. Um, So the 23-year-old center will be making his first All-Star appearance, Jay. Um, I think that's big news. I think that's great news for the Cavs. Jared Allen, very deserving. Arguably maybe even more deserving than his teammate Darius Garland, but we won't get into that because I think they're both very deserving in their own right um and i think Darius Garland is absolutely deserving on his, in his own right as well so jay how are you feeling about this Jared Allen you know Man, I'm the Cavs I, guy in, in the bottom
0: i'm uh, happy on the
1: lows <laughs>
0: on the lows on the lows i'm happy i'm really happy for two reasons one because the Cavs got two guys in there i mean Again, I, I've said this so many times on on these pods, but like I had the Cavs in 14th place at the beginning of the season, right? Like before the season started. Now they got two guys in the in the in the in the, the All Star game, both very uh both d- uh, deserve that position as well. And I mean, just uh, I, I'm this is a this is something that me and you both on the, on our All Star episode we called this a snub. We said that if Jared Allen doesn't get picked up, this is a snub. So I mean, we called it uh deservingly so uh he's having a great uh great season man and i just i honestly just can't wait to see what the cat what the caps are going to continue to do as they as they keep rolling and i think i'm just want to go back on this and i think that karis Levert move was was really a good move man it's 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 gonna end up working out in um in uh in in long term for them man but deservingly so go jared allen
1: (laughs) yeah yeah no definitely um definitely deserving and, and what he did so it's it's good to see those guys get their get their flowers and get in in the in the all-star game like that and I mean he's averaging just just career best in pretty much everything so that should be rewarded 16 points a game career high 11 rebounds 1.35 blocks a game and 49 games this season he's been healthy for the most part of this season active got to get rewarded love to see it man moving on here um Jay, this is just more of a question, man. We've seen Harden uh, rocking the number one jersey today in the media day and and getting acquainted there. He practiced yesterday with the team, Jay. But I'm going to ask you right now, will James Harden, Joel Embiid, and the Philadelphia Sixers go to the finals this year? That's the question. Finals, I'm not asking you if they're going to win it. I'm not asking you if they're going to lose it. Will they, will this iteration of the Philadelphia Sixers adding James Harden? Ben Simmons is out the door, wasn't even playing this season, but inserting him, you lose Seth, you use Seth Curry, you lose Andre Drummond, you add James Harden, who calls himself transcendent talent, man. I mean, honestly, he is like we've never seen anyone play the game like James Harden. Um, we talked about, we heard in, in the rumblings in Brooklyn that. Um, He was rolling his eyes when Steve Nash was um, calling plays and running plays for um, Kevin Durant. He wanted more ISO ball and, and get it his own way. So, Jay, knowing all that background information and knowing James Harden's pedigree with other star players now going to Joel Embiid, will he make it to the finals? I know I added stuff to that question, but yeah.
0: Answer. Man, Jay put me on the spot. Jay put me up against the wall, Jay. Put yep. me on the side. Man, all right, let me see. Honestly, if I got to give an honest answer this year, I would say no, they don't make it to the mm-hmm. finals because I'm still very bullish and I'm still very strong on the Bucks. Uh I know I told you that. I, I I got the Bucks making it out of of the East. So, I'm still very bullish on the Bucks and I just don't see how the 76ers are going to be able to put this team together halfway through the season and get rid of such key pieces in Seth. And I mean, Andre Drummond wasn't the, the biggest piece because Joel Embiid was doing mainly what he was doing, but Seth Curry was one of the key point guards from that team besides Maxi besides uh, because uh, besides to, uh, Tobias Harris, the pl- players who bought, bought the ball down court, Seth was a big part of that. So getting rid of a big, uh, a big backup, and, and uh, Andre Drummond getting rid of a, a key point guard in Seth, in Seth, and then just add, you know adding James Harden, and he is transcendent talent. Like I'm right there with you, but I just I don't know if I can really put them past a Bucks team who's who's even is struggling right now and, and and sitting in that fifth seed, or even to be real with you, bro, like a Heat team, a Heat team that's proven themselves, that's proven hey we can go out there and we do it, we do it together, we beat you as a community, as a community, and honestly they they've proven more than just you know, I know what James Harden is individually. I know what Joel Embiid is individually. In my mind, I think it's going to work out perfect. Pick and rolls—that's going to be deadly. You can't leave neither. You can't roll. You, you know, I can't double Joel Embiid. Going to leave James Harden right open. You can't. James Harden is going to lo- look for the pass. You can't double James Harden. So I, in my mind, it, it works out perfect. But in my mind, the Lakers team also worked out perfect. So, so things don't always work out in my mind that works out in uh, in, in person, man. So to answer that question, Jay, I'm going to go with no this year. But if they can figure it out, get some get some key pieces around um, around Harden and Joel, I think it'll make a good run for it next year.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> if you look at the way that things shake out, right now as they are in terms of you know standings and, and that sort of thing I, I just don't see I, I think the heat just in terms of their build-up roster construction how they are right now and the Bucks, like you mentioned I put them ahead of the Sixers and the Nets just in terms of well first of all the Nets are Inard they're in a playing position right now which is great um, I think they, yeah <laughs> before the season no one would have expected that um, obviously, it's a lot to do with injuries. Kevin Durant being now Kyrie Irving, we never knew he would be a part-time player before the season. Um, I guess we did, but we didn't <laughs> know that it would last this long. So um, I think that, yeah, it's too many question marks there in Philly and also in, in Brooklyn. I know I didn't ask you about that, but I think there's too many question marks and that sort of thing to have those two ahead of the Heat. We know what they are right now. And the Milwaukee Bucks, we know what they are. And even I would say a team like the Cavs, maybe not ready this year, but I still think either both of those teams will struggle to beat them in a seven game series, as well as the Bulls too. I mean, let's not forget them sitting at the second seed half game out of first right now. Although we know that the East is bunched up right now, like two games to a half game, separating a lot of these top five seeds. So um, it's going to be interesting, man, but I I don't see, to answer my own question, I don't see it. (laughs) the the Philly getting there right now, man. But um, I'm
0: right there with you, brother. Yeah. Jay. Talk to me, brother.
1: Before before we before we hop into games, man, and we talk games man. I want to do a little little game here with you because it's kind of going to lead me into the game that I will be talking about today um, on on this episode and giving a recap of that. But Jay, there is four teams who I would consider kind of the bottom feeders. Of this league, you even want you could even throw in the Kings right now, but from the looks of it, they're looking like they're competing. So maybe like five, four to six teams right now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read them off to you, and I'm gonna ask you in the next in the next two to three years, do you see any of these being legitimate contenders in in the in the West, respectively, their conference, yeah, or just in the scape of in the in the landscape of being kind of a title contender. Um, to the sense war or like a legitimate factor for that, I would say, in the conference, man. So I'm going to read these teams off and and you tell me what you're thinking. It's going to be for for both of the conferences collectively, Western and Eastern, man. So Indiana Pacers sitting at the 13th seed, 19 and 39 right now. Um, The Orlando Magic sitting at a whopping 13 and uh, 46 um, in the 14th seed the Detroit Pistons um, with a stellar record of 12 and 45 right now sitting in the 15th seed there in the east and then we got um, in the west I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this well I'm gonna leave the Kings out for right now because they literally just got um, a superstar and and, excuse me excuse me not a superstar (laughs) a star um, at best (laughs) Damanis Sabonis and then um, so I'm gonna leave them out but then um, I'm going to put in just for the time's sake or the Oklahoma city thunder is the next team at 18 and 39 sitting at the 14th seed. Um, and then the last place in the West is the 15 and 41 Houston Rockets and the 15 CJ. What are those teams that I named off You um, see, being a legitimate or potentially being a, a contender in the Western Eastern conference NBA
0: that's that matter. So, honestly all of these teams it's very hard for me to be like yeah I, you know i can see these guys being title contender but if i had to if i had to pick one and one that i generally am starting to believe in in their direction and their and their trajectory and that's and, and and that's the pacers man i mean you just talked about you know that pacers trade with i mean that pacers uh uh S- sabonis superstar that's <laughs> am just kidding you wow. that, yeah, yeah. that's Sabonis uh, Sabonis and and, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 tyrese halliburton trade right so like now you're adding a player like l- l- like tyrese halliburton let's not forget about mock and brogan and all and all these other players that you still have on there like uh um a uh, miles turner and, and honestly i even wanted to say this a couple episodes ago i really think that the pacers like they were gonna rebuild but then they're like wait we got like we kind of hit gold with this trade. Like, let's just go from here. Like we don't need to tear it all the way down. Like let's just go mm-hmm. from here from, what, from, from, from what we have. And I think that, you know, having a solid point guard and in, in Malcolm and Tyrese and having a big, like, like miles, they can honestly go and, and, and turn it up. And it, it, it'll, it'll take some time, but out of all those teams, I could definitely see the Pacers, uh, doing it doing it for the for, for the east and then just real quick for the for, for the west I didn't I know it's looking so bad for the thunder but I just want to throw in thunder just because I really am a big fan of S G A like I, I don't know maybe and and maybe I, I I'm overhyping because I know I've even asked you like SGA or John ja, you were like are you insane? <laughs> I'm like so and I agree like you know, that's a dumb question but like I'm just really bullish on SGA, man. I think he's a real great overall point guard. He can kind of like really do it all. He's big, he's like six, uh, six, five build, man. So, I, I'm just, I'm a big believer. If you put the right players around him, man, and you get, and you got players like Dort on there who are just the ultimate role players. You got players like Giddy who are just going to, uh, we were talking about this with with, uh, with Greg the other day. Giddy just does it all out there. Just, he's just super complete. So I, for, I really like the thunder as well, man, but I want to know what you think, Jay, out of those uh, bottom feeders, which one are you thinking is going to come out as uh, you know, four to five years, you know, it was a crazy question because I was thinking of this
1: last night when I was watching a certain game, Jay, and I was thinking, man, this team fights. They're hungry. And I've seen, I had a chance to watch them three times. And that's Oklahoma City Thunder. And I never thought that they would become slowly becoming kind of my league pass team. Ooh. And that The reason for that, man, Josh Giddy. And you mentioned you mentioned SGA, but I, I think this in the next coming years, it's going to be Josh Giddy's team. I think that as much as I love um SGA I don't know really right now if I know and it, it's hard to say like he was on uh beginning he was on two playoff teams I think to begin his career with the uh, with the Thunder and as well as the Clippers but I think that you know Giddy's just a winning player he makes winning plays a lot of that was on full display um a rookie with a triple double in the garden last night beating the New York Knicks which I wanted going you know, to be excited to talk about but I just Look at this Thunder team. I see depth. I see good coaching. Mark Dagnon, just, just, just a great, great coach, great young developing coach um, as well. And it, it seems it's crazy. Like I, I, the reason they're a, are um, fun team for me to watch and a league pass team for me to watch is crazy. I would never say I thought I'd say the Thunder, a uh, league pass team for me, but it's just the ball movement, the trust that they got those guys have in their system, you know, um, from Trey Mann to Josh Giddy to um, Darius Baisley, who I've been loving that pickup fam- fantasy-wise, but he just <laughs> look like he's coming into himself as well. Um, and then you add that in with other role players and guys that are even out right now, you know, um, all these guys, um, Isaiah Roby. And I was just thinking they're going to be in the next two or three years. I'm not saying next year, but they're going to be legitimate um, Western they're going to be in the conversation, in the picture. Let's just say that. I don't know if they'll be true contenders, but they'll be in the conversation because of those guys believing in and believing in that system, the depth, the number of sheer picks. But I think they're hitting on a lot of those. I know before the season, I thought Giddy, you know, I don't know if he would be was going to. Be, I thought he was going to be a bust, right? But he's certainly proved a lot of people wrong, Jay. Okay? So I just thought I'd, I thought I'd throw that out there and ask you who you think is kind of the future about those bottom feeders. For me, it's thunder.
0: I like that, Jay. And honestly, as you were talking... About the Thunder and, and, and the and the potential you see in them. <laughs> as you were talking about the Thunder and the potential you see in them. <laughs> For all the fans that, that are listening on the podcast, Jay just slipped on his chair. <laughs> That's why I'm laughing. There, yeah, you good, my brother? You good?
1: <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: <laughs> but look, brother, as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, this sounds like a lot like the Young Grizzlies team, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like A team like the Oklahoma City Thunder in a couple of years could be, like how you said, maybe not title contenders, mm-hmm. But you know there are some teams you don't, the young, hungry team you mm-hmm. don't want to play in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, Jay. I, I love that. But talk to me about that, uh, about that Josh Giddey game you saw last night, brother. Talk to you. About yeah, that game.
1: yeah. O- overtime game at the Garden. Uh, what a game, man! It was, it was two, three rookies really playing, playing great basketball. And that was Josh Giddy and Trey Mann for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, two, f- obviously, first round picks. And they were looking forward. I mean, I think that's every player's just dream. You know, you you grow up, you you see the garden, man. It's the the mecca of all ball, ready to play. And for some, it brings out the worst in you. You can have tough game, and for, for others, it brings out the best in you. And that's exactly what it had it did for Josh Giddy. Um, his first, not his first, um, a, a triple double with a career high twenty eight points, twelve assists, eleven rebounds, and then man also scored um thirty points, his career high. And Oklahoma City, you know, rallied there. In the they had they're down eleven at one point. Just fight it, fighting. Like I said, trusting in their system, believing in the system, getting great ball movement, great looks. Um, often t- turning turnovers into into um, buckets, easy buckets, getting to the line. And that was a lot what they had to do to stay in that game, especially on the road, especially when a game when a lot of players were making plays on the other end. One of those being. For the New York Knicks, um, Julius Randle having a triple double with 30, 30 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists um, for the Knicks, who are struggling now, really struggling, losing nine of their last 11 games, man. But Jay, these these are games that are really winnable. This was a game that was really winnable for the Knicks. Um, I thought they were going to pull it up and pull away at the end. But it's just a story of the season for them when games that they should win, games where they're um, clearly favored in the matchup, which really means nothing in the NBA, especially in today's NBA, because any, anyone, any team could be anyone on any given night. You just saw that last night, a young, hungry, motivated Oklahoma City Thunder team came into the garden and took it to, to, took it to these vets, man. Um, and, and a lot of that was to do with with that system. Like I said, that trust, that system. But let's also talk about the um, rookie on the other side of the ball. And that was for the New York Knicks, Quentin Grimes, um, playing arguably, you know, one of the better games of, of his season, um, making plays on both ends of the floor. Um, one of them played one of those plays show, was late in the game when the the Thunder had cut the game and tied the game. They had an inbounds play. I think I can't remember how much time was on the clock about, you know, 5, 12 um, to 11 seconds. The Thunder, obviously being a young and experienced team, turned that ball over. Um, Grimes was able to steal the ball and finish with a nice reverse right-handed finish um, to to take that lead. And then flip it to the other end with, um, I think, five or seven seconds. Um, Darius Baisley got, the, got, the, um, got a handoff in the corner, went to work, um, and was able to put in the game time bucket um, to send that game into overtime. And then Jay... And the in the in the overtime that's when giddy took over man um he was just putting in work guys were just making plays um getting down to the rim making making the game easy for the rest of his teammates man and and that just shows me you know these type of games we saw early you know winning games that they weren't weren't supposed to um in quotes and then a young team winning these type of games on the road um when a season where they got really nothing to lose man but These are just feathers in your cap. And if it doesn't translate to wins this year, you take that confidence going into the next year. And that's these experiences are vital, important, especially for a young team. And you could turn into a Grizzlies very real real quick, real quick. So, um, so nothing really to get dive into stats too much like that, but you know, the Thunder were able to fight away, keep chipping, keep chipping, make some big stops down the road, especially in that 11 point deficit. Um, that they had to overcome in that second half. And that's just because these are character-building wins that you need as a young team. And I love what I saw from the Thunder, and I hated what I dropped in the Knicks. And it just goes to show you um, there's going to be a question mark for Tom Thibodeau and those, those Knicks, man. We saw the success he had the first, first season, and then it's like he's gotten stubborn again, which a lot happens to a lot of Tom Thibodeau's teams, where we saw that in Chicago where he had a great first season. Saw it in uh, Minnesota. We thought it's had a great first season as well. And then things kind of fall apart. And you have to wonder, is it the coach? Is Is it the franchise or is it the coach? And, you know, history kind of shows that it might be Thibodeau. So definitely questions to answer there in New York. But Jay, what game you got, man? I don't know if you want to add anything to this game.
0: No, that, that 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 was that was a great recap, Jay. And then I just want to add, you know, you kind of when we talk about Tom Tibber a lot, like you know, off camera, on camera, just whenever. And you you always mentioned he's running his players into the ground. So maybe you know the, the the players in the league are and teams are kind of starting to recognize that and they're starting to recognize that his playing style really just doesn't work, man. But Jay, I, I know that that game was you were on the edge of your seat the whole game with. 13 lead changes on the game going going to overtime. So that was just a just a great game, Jay. So I'm going to talk about a game that happened on Super Bowl Sunday because I know everybody's probably watching the Super Bowl. So don't worry. I will recap everybody, man. So the Celtics beat the Hawks 105-95, extending their win streak to eight in a row now, which is great for the Celtics starting to finally get on a nice little roll. Um, but in that game, you know, um, well, first thing I noticed is that the Hawks came out firing, man. I mean, Trey Young had, 13 points early early in the first quarter and the Hawksers really just really took it to the Celtics the Celtics struggled struggled to hit any shots in that in in that in that first quarter but realistically just in, in that first half i mean the uh, the Celtics outscored 28-17 in the um in the in in, in the first quarter and then uh, and then uh, like i said the Celtics just Looked like there was a uh, look like there was a cover on the lid, man. The Celtics could not hit a shot. Jason Tatum was one for six from three. The Celtics as a team was was twenty was, was shooting twenty percent from the twenty from the, from three point from three point land at half. Uh, Derek White and Jason Tatum were the only players that have scored ten points or more at halftime. So it just it was looking all bad. The morale, of the Celtics was looking bad, and Jason Tatum wasn't hitting. And then boom, halftime came. Celtics went into the locker room, came out, came out a whole different team. The Celtics scored 42 points in the third quarter. That's to that they they made a new season high for most uh, most points scored uh, scored in the quarter uh, all season so far. They they outscored the Hawks 42 23 in that third quarter. And Jason Tatum scored 16 points of his 38 in that in that in that third quarter. Man, And <clears throat> Now that we're talking about second half on, I just want to mention. At halftime, Dench Tatum had thirteen points. He ended this game with thirty-eight points, which is just—he put a ridiculous, ridiculous second half. And it was honestly one of those Jay that was like, it was those thirty-eight points that you felt every single one of those points. It was you had great defense, but that was just simply a better shot. And then, and then that in in the late late in the third quarter, they go on a run. They go on a fourteen zero run to be able to be able to take the lead to the game. And honestly, this is the second time I've been. Um, you know, recapping or highlighting a Celtics game, and I have I have watched Robert Williams be the reason the Celtics go on a run because he of, of the defensive anchor that he is, because of how much he uh, uh protects that rim, he, he, he protects that paint of how disciplined he is, right? So, uh, in the in in the first in the first quarter, the Hawks had 12 free throw attempts, the Celtics were not being very disciplined, they were letting the Hawks get to the line in the third quarter. The the Hawks got zero free throw attempts, and that's uh, in my opinion again because of that run that Robert Williams was de- defensively able to lead. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go, I'm gonna put this on wax. I'm gonna go out there and say it now. I don't know if Junior, you know, my brother. I don't know if he's listening, but. I remember back in the day before Stephen Adams had all the tattoos, I was big on Stephen Adams. I was like, man, this guy just gets every rebound. This guy is just a, a, a double double machine. This guy's active on the boards, and that's the same thing I'm saying about Robert Williams. I don't know if he'll turn out as good Stephen adams turned out great i was i was i was r- r- right about that pick but i'm just I, i'm i just love i'm very bullish on, on robert williams man his activity is just non-stop he's just one of the players that just doesn't stop in there um if he's not bo- blocking the shot he's bothering shots man and mm-hmm. then um and and that was in the third quarter and after that run jay the celtics never gave up the lead after then jason tatum kept doing his thing uh jason tatum like i said ended up finishing with 38 uh 38 points, 10 rebounds, 48% from the field. And uh and then just real quick, uh, the only thing I always want to add is that I think Derek White ended up being a great fit for the Celtics. I mean, you were right, Jay. I I I wasn't as bullish as you. I just kind of thought it was going to be a sideways move. But, no, honestly, he was the point guard that they needed, a big point guard who could play defense, who has incredible court vision. So, yeah, I think, Jay, uh, this is one of those trades, you know, when it happens and you're like, damn, like, he should have been in the Celtics his whole career. Like, it was like, well, like one of those. So, he fits, yeah. he fits perfect, man. But, overall, great game. Shout out Jason Tatum and the Celtics getting it done eight in a row, man maybe?
1: Yeah, no, that, that was a great game, great to watch, um, seeing the, the young, hungry Celtics um, fighting back, turning their season around, um, that's what you like seeing, and yeah, no, I think the Derek Wright was a great pickup, I think he fits right into that system, I think it was honestly a steal for, for even for what they got him for, so um, looking forward to, to seeing what the Celtics can do with this look, new look front court and um, all that size that they got there on that front line as well, so uh, love Robert Williams, the time loader as well. So I've got to give him a shout out. And, and yeah, man, th- this, is a, this is a quick, quick banger of a, of a hidden takes, man. Episode um, 12. I was able to look it up while <laughs> we, we were talking, man. So um, yeah, Jay, uh, if you got anything, um, make sure to like, um, comment, subscribe. On, if you're listening to this on Spotify, rate us five stars, Apple music or Apple Podcasts, Excuse me. Rate us five stars. Um, subscribe to us on youtube man um, follow us um, c- twitter instagram at clutch talk pod um, and, and get out us get us questions comments concerns man what we'd love to hear it bro so that's all i gotta say man if you got anything else jay we're gonna close this off
0: yes sir all jay right, said that's it, it all that's yeah. it we out here y'all Clutch
1: us stack out peace